The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, this is the perfect day to be doing this show because um, we're going to be talking about putting bad dates out of their misery just in time for Valentine's Day. So (laughs) it's uh, also, coincidentally or not, the date that the book um, is released of my guest. It is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. So um, my guest (laughs) has, has had an unusual experience and we'll get into um, into why and what that was all about. Um, her, her name is Haley Miller. She's the author of that book. And she has been going on a date a week for close to three years. So that means 150 dates, which is why the book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates. <laughs> so today, as we were talking before the show, and as Haley was pointing out, this is about the time that Valentine's Day candy starts creeping into the stores. I mean, if it hasn't been already after Christmas, I don't know. You know, now everything is being moved up ridiculously early to get you to buy. But whatever, Valentine's Day is a good day. It's, you, can, you can never have too many hearts and chocolate. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, and so this is the time, whether you're single or married or divorced or whatever your status is, everybody would like to have romantic fun on Valentine's Day. And so today we're going to be uh, telling you uh, just how you might go about doing that with some really unique ideas. But first, we're going to be talking about bad dates and putting them out of their misery. So Haley, welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Carroll. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I I want you to tell us first of all about how you, how you came about how you decided um, to go on a date a week for uh, for three years. I mean, how that came about. I was asking you before we started whether this was the same guy because I was thinking originally that it was a different guy, like from Match dot com or something. <laughs> and you had to go, you know, thinking about bad dates. Um, and you had to go on 150 bad dates before you found your friend. <laughs> well, l- luckily that was not the case. No, um, I have been on some bad dates, but these 150 unforgettable ones were unforgettable in the good way. Um, and they were with my, my now husband. Um, his name is Jared. And um, basically it was important to us to continue to to really make an effort to date, not just sit around in our pajamas and, mm-hmm. and eat pizza and, you know, rent a movie, although sometimes that's a great date, but to really go, get out each week and try something new um, because we wanted to keep that, that spark alive, that romance alive, and that's kind of how the book came to fruition. And so um, 
How old were you when you met Jared? I was, it was shortly before my 22nd birthday. Okay. And how did you meet him? Uh, we were next door neighbors, actually. We were going to the same university, and I moved in next door, and he took a liking and started dropping by the house more and more. <laughs> okay. So whose idea was it to do these unique dates one a week? Um, it just kind of came about naturally. I mean, at first, when you know, when you first start dating, you you do that every Friday, right? You know, this is this is the guy I'm interested in. We we go out on Friday night. It's what we do. Um, but once we became, you know, a, official, you know, boyfriend girlfriend, um, I, I'm not sure. I think we just had a conversation where we said, you know, it's been really fun to to go out and actually make an effort every week. Why don't we Why don't we keep doing this? And mm. so we did. And was it usually you or he who planned these unique dates? Um, it often fell to him, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, um, but it, it was probably 60-40. I mean, if I had a great idea and something I wanted to try, then we went and did it. He's a little more adventurous than I am, um, and so a lot, of, a lot of the more exciting dates in there are ones that he planned, um, that he said, you know, I've always wanted to try snowshoeing, or I've always wanted to try fill-in-the-blank, and so we went and did it. Hmm. And... Um well, it seems like it was a great uh, that you you know that you had a lot in common in terms of both being uh, being willing to do this. I mean, that is one of the that's the death knell for a relationship, whether it's dating or whether it's marriage, um, engagement. When couples start taking each other for granted and sitting around in their pajamas, like you were saying, eating right. pizza, <laughs> that is when at whatever stage of the relationship it is. Things really go downhill, and um, if it is when you're dating, I mean, you know, then when you get married um, and when you have kids, it's not going to get it's any even better. even harder, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I do have a section in here um, that's, it's not specifically for married people, but it is kind of for couples that are past that, you know, uh, lovey-dovey um, first meeting each other stage um, because it is important to keep that romance alive when you've got, like you said, when you've got kids running around who need their their noses wiped and need their <laughs> need their mac and cheese made or whatever. Um, it just it becomes harder and harder to find time, and so it's so important to decide now that you're going to start this weekly date and and that it's sacred to you, mm-hmm. um, so that it doesn't get interrupted for anything. Well, so before we start on, I mean, I'm really interested, and I'm sure everyone listening wants to know about these, because because it could be said, and I don't know if either you or your now husband said it, but it, perhaps if you hadn't done that, um, that you might not have wound up walking down the aisle. Have you talked about that? No, we haven't. That's, that's interesting. Um, I, I mean, we just kind of went with the flow and enjoyed it the whole time. Um, but I, I do think, yeah, that it would have been a lot easier to take each other for granted and not recognize what a good thing we had if we hadn't done this day-a-week thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, um, now I know that you've been gathering stories <laughs> from your <laughs> friends. Yes. Um, and even, okay, before you met your husband, I'm sure you too, <laughs> or even when you were dating and before you had made it official, you know, exclusive dating, I'm sure you too have had bad dates. Tell us about some of your bad dates. Okay. I, I've been fairly lucky and, and no huge disasters, but I remember when I was 18 or 19, this guy asked me out, Nice guy, you know, I was excited to go out with him, um, and he wanted to go play pool. Okay, it sounded fun. Um, we showed up, we're playing, we're flirting, you know, the usual stuff. 
Um, but we'd been there about 15 minutes maybe, and um, a group of four other people walked in and started looking around. Um, and, and my date, cut, you know, made eye contact with him and said, oh, you know, what a coincidence. My friends are here. Um, and it was obviously planned. I could tell that, that they had worked something out ahead of time where, where he was maybe nervous to be on a date alone with me. I'm not sure, but he, he made it so that four of his friends coincidentally bumped into us and suddenly it was a big group date oh. where, I didn't, where I didn't know anybody else. Um, and he proceeded. I mean, he was still nice and and everything, but he was obviously much more interested in impressing his friends and um, hanging out with them than he was um, with being with me. And so um, that was that was one bad date that I remember, where it was you know you think you're you're going out with someone, and it turns out to be a group date. It's it's the sneak attack, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you ever go out with him again? No, no. He, <laughs> he kept he kept calling, and I just thought, you know, I not interested. You know, if you can't play it straight. Um, and then, honestly, one with um, my now husband was probably the worst date um, I've ever been on. That was he tried to take me skiing, um, and I I grew up in Oregon, close close to a mountain, but you know not in a skiing part of town, not a skier. Um, and he loves skiing. He said, "Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great." So we you know borrowed skis and the whole the whole deal. Um, and he took me up to the top of the mountain. He didn't start me on a bunny slope. Oh. <laughs> took me up to the top of the mountain. And I, he loves that feeling of, you know, careening down the, the mountainside out of control. And I hate that feeling. Mm. So um, I unleashed, uh, he, he probably saw a side of me that he's never <laughs> seen before or since. Just I unleashed a series of curse words and was very unhappy to be up there in the cold and, and not knowing how to stop myself. It was uh, It was scary. Um, and not pleasant, and, and we had to take a couple days to kind of unwind from, from that. Oh, wow. <laughs> How soon was this after you had started dating? Oh, we'd already been dating for, gosh, uh, probably at least a year, year oh. and a half. Um, so, we, I mean, we had a good relationship by then, which is why, you know, I didn't call it quits after one <laughs> date. But, um, that's, that's definitely one of my least favorite dates ever was fearing for my life on the side of a mountain. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, was he trying to be like your knight in shining armor helping you down the uh, slope? Well, he said something um, after the fact that I think is, is very profound. He said, you know, I realized that day that just because I know how to do something doesn't mean I know how to teach mm. someone how to do something. Mm, mm. Shouldn't, shouldn't assume that just because you're great at golfing that you're going to be a great teacher. Uh, uh-huh. the, the two don't always go hand in hand. Yes, of course, at least with golfing, you're kind of on a level playing field. <laughs> yeah. No, not no on immediate the top danger of a... with that one, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting because, um, yeah, it's hard to be loving when you're, when you're that <laughs> fearful, and it's hard yep. to start out by being on the top of a mountain. Um, believe me, when, <laughs> when I, I started skiing uh, in, the, in, in Austria, and their way of teaching people how to ski is, to, well, I mean, we had uh, some lessons in the morning, but it was to take you to the top of the mountain <laughs> and to say, you will follow me, and the guy goes down the mountain, and if you, know, if you don't follow him, no one's going to find you, because it's not oh, like God. in America, <laughs> you know, where there's lots of people in a relatively small area. This is like, forget it. So, yes, I can totally relate. <laughs> um, so I let's should... talk about some of these bad dates that your friends have had. Great, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, of the stories that I collected. Um, all were very funny. They kind of fit into three different categories. Mm-hmm. 
Some of them were bad because of the way they were asked out. The actual asking on a date was was just bad. Uh-huh. Um, some of them turned bad because of something that their date said in the course of the date. They said something awkward or offensive or, you know, whatever. And then the rest of them were, were bad because of the situation. I mean, the situation was just bad all around. Something went horribly awry or, or whatever. So I'm breaking into those three categories. Okay. Here's some, some of my favorites... Uh, the way, that, the way that people were asked, one of my favorites, um, my friend has a, a date that she calls her Pride and Prejudice date. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully your uh, listeners are a little bit familiar with Pride and Prejudice, but essentially there's this character named Mr. Collins who initially is interested in um, Jane, the sister Jane. And then when he realizes that Jane is not interested, he immediately turns around and asks Lizzie, Elizabeth, <laughs> um, for a date. And so she was in college and um, a guy called to talk to her roommate to ask her roommate out on a date. And the roommate was busy, couldn't go. And so he said, oh, well, will you please give the phone to Judy? And so <laughs> Judy, I mean, same phone call. He didn't even call, <laughs> didn't even call Judy separately or anything. He just asked uh, the roommate to, to pass the phone over, which doesn't really make you feel valued, right? You're, you're the, you, yeah, you know you're the second choice. So, so, um, Judy went, so did Judy go out with him? She did, and she said the date was fine. It was, it was really just the way that he asked that, <laughs> that was that. And maybe, she, I don't know, maybe she should have had more, uh, more indignance and not got, gone out with him, but she's, she's a nice girl. So. <laughs> and so did, that, did it turn into a relationship or just that one no, date? No, I think it was just the one date. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, let's see, uh, I've got another one. Oh, this one's actually, it's almost sad. Um, I have to do a bit with timing. So I had an, another friend, um, and her best friend was, was a man. His name was Michael. Um, and Michael died rather suddenly. Um, and a, a mutual friend of theirs waited a couple weeks and then called up and said, hey, now that, now that Michael isn't around, I feel more comfortable asking you out. You know, would you, would you like to go out? And it was just it was too soon for her. Mm-hmm. And she felt like he was capitalizing, you know, on, yeah. on the death of her friend, which is just, which is just an awful, but you know, thing to do. And she was with um, Michael's family at the time. Oh dear! And and so she normally she she might have given the guy an earful, but she didn't want to make mm-hmm. a big deal out of it with his family in the room. And so she just she just said, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, just to get him off the phone. And so she ends up having to go out on this. Oh wow! Yeah, having to go out on this date with this guy, and uh, the actual date itself, he. Um, he was just kind of, I mean, it's offensive in the first place, and then uh, he got lost on the way to the restaurant, and when well, she tried stop, to... let me stop you oh. there, because we need to take a break, and I like okay. it that we're kind of on a cliffhanger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he must have felt guilty. He must have realized at some level that this was, like, awkward. My guest is Haley Miller. Her book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. We're talking about bad dates right now. And we will make our way over to good dates before the show is over so that we can give you some brilliant ideas for the upcoming Valentine's Day. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? 
Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about putting bad dates out of their misery just in time for Valentine's Day. My guest is Haley Miller. She is the author of a book that just came out today. It's called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. And before the break, we were talking, well, we were talking about bad dates, and we were talking about Haley had divided them into um, three categories. Um, from the ones that her friends uh, gave her, um, a, a sampling of friends um, into bad dates because of the way they were, the woman was being asked out, bad dates because of what the date said, and bad dates because of a situation that happened on the date. So before the break, we were, talk- we were just talking about a date, um, a guy who called this girl and asked her out before the body of her former boyfriend was yet cold. And um, as you were saying, she had she was polite to him and said yes because she was with this uh, deceased boyfriend's family. <laughs> that that you know that, that I could just see that as a Ben Stiller movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so go ahead. What happened? He was you were starting to say he was heading towards the restaurant to have right. their date and he got lost. Yeah, he got lost. So I mean, obviously, kind of an uncouth fellow to begin with, right? I mean, doesn't have much tact there asking you know, my friend out, right? You know, when her, her other friend had just died. Um, so they're on the way to the restaurant. He gets lost, and she tries to get him back on track to say, oh, you know, you need to turn left here. And he, he kind of smiled at her condescendingly and said, oh, girls always think they know where they're going. Um, you know, so that makes it even worse. And then they get to the restaurant, and um, she said that he paid in gift cards, but then didn't have enough to cover the bill plus a tip, and so he just left without tipping. Um, and she had been a waitress before, um, and so that's a big... It's a big no-no anyway, but especially for someone who's worked you yes. know, um, in restaurants. So she kind of slipped some cash on the table, hoping he wouldn't notice, and, and just said, that that's it, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so he called again and asked her on a second date, and she said, absolutely not, <laughs> is, is how that one ended. I Just, just you know, kind of pe- a jerk all around on that one. You know, people should tell their dates why they're not um, going out with them anymore. If people told their dates... You know, it could it could prevent these same kinds of things happening the next time around. Yeah, I think I think women especially sometimes feel too um, too bad to do that. You know, they, yes. they don't want to make a big deal out of it and and say, you know, this is why I'm not interested in you. This is you know what happened. But really, I think it would be very helpful for for men and women alike to know why yes. they weren't 
why they weren't a great date, why you don't want to go out with them. I agree. Yes. I mean, I know. Everyone tries to spare each other's feelings, like it's not you, it's me kind of thing. <laughs> but um, but maybe, maybe there should be something like uh, anonymous, you know, send something, an anonymous note or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, if it, if it really is you and not me, maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So go ahead. Um, what are some yeah. of the others? Well, so the, those were my favorite of the of the way that people were asked. Uh-huh. Favorite in the sense that they were train wrecks, right? But right. Um, the slips of the tongue were were some of my some of my favorite in the figurative, not the literal slip of the tongue here. <laughs> but um, but just awkward things that people said while they were on dates. Uh, a friend of mine said she went to a Halloween party, met a guy, they went out the next weekend, and she was a little older. Um, than he expected, and so he was like, wow, how are you still single, you know? Um, and then during the intermission of the show they were watching, proceeded to develop a theory on why she was still single at her age. Um, and he said, well, you're not, you're not dumb enough to go for some jock or some jerk, but your top is too low cut to attract any decent guys, and so you're just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you believe that? Uh, yeah, sitting there telling her why why she wasn't ah. married, why she wasn't being snatched up. Um, so just, I, I wish the story ended with her slapping him and walking out, but she was was too polite, ended the date, and then, you know, never saw him again. But oh. <laughs> if, if it had been me, I might have popped again? someone. No, no. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess he was kind of like sizing him up for, her, sizing her up for himself. I don't know, that, that. There was obviously something wrong with, I mean, that's part of it, too. When you're telling the date what you think went wrong, you know, it isn't always, it is sometimes you. It isn't always the date's <laughs> Just fault. you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean, and he might have, he might have had some um, social cue reading issues there. I'm, I'm not sure because that one was just horrifying. Um, my cousin um, was telling me that one time, she really liked this guy, and he said, oh, well, you, do you play tennis? Let's go play tennis. And she lied and said, uh-huh. yes, yes, I do. And she <laughs> said, needless to say, he found out the truth as soon as we hit the court. So um, it's, it's kind of funny because I think sometimes people, to attract the people that they, that they want, um, stretch the truth a little bit or, or are willing to present themselves as someone they're not. And I, I'm here to say I really think that backfires every single time. <laughs> Just be yourself so that you don't have to uh, cover your lies, you know. Yes, you know. Actually, that reminds me of um, uh, a boyfriend who I had, who was playing tennis. He he was a good tennis player, and he was playing. We were home from um, medical school. It was someone I was dating while we were in medical school in in Europe, and um, we came home. And he was in this tournament in this, like, country club on Long Island. It was a doubles tournament. And I kept telling him that I was horrible in tennis. <laughs> that wasn't one of my favorite things to do, and I really wasn't very good at it. But he convinced me to play. And in front of all <laughs> his friends and all the people in the country club, um, I don't, you know, I've repressed just how bad it was, but I don't <laughs> think we won. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, so what's another one? One other one. I, I like this one because I, I think this may have happened. It sounded familiar when I heard it, like maybe it happened to me before too. Um, this is another one from a friend. She said um, she went out with this guy. You know, they, they went to dinner um, and then watched a movie back at her house. And she said he left kind of early and he tried to kiss me tonight or good night, but I wasn't, you know, that into it. So he, he left and a few minutes later he called, you know, so I answered and he, um, he said, hey, how are you doing? And she said, 
the same as I was doing two minutes ago when you left my house, and you sounded surprised and said, Lindsay? Um, and so she said it was obvious that he was, you know, calling another girl just two minutes after he left oh my God. Her, her house. Um, so she said, I never went out with him again. You know, I didn't want to be treated like I was, uh, I was just, a, you know. The appetizer. Strung, yeah, exactly, being strung along, and that I was just one in a series of women he was taking out, you know. Um, but there's oh, God. A, a good slip of the tongue there, a good slip of the speed dial, I guess, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she got him all uh, excited, and then he called the girl that he wanted <laughs> to finish the evening off with. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, and then and then some of the, the situational ones. These ones were just unbelievably funny. Um, one of my one of my friends, she's still in school right now, and she said um, she was on campus. She met this guy. Um, he seemed really fun, really nice, and so she was excited when he asked her out. Um, and the plan was he didn't have a car, so the plan was to meet up on campus and get dinner and then head over to the comedy show. But on the day of the date, um, she still hadn't heard from him, and uh, she texted him to find out, you know, what the plan was. But he said, oh, well, actually, I'm not hungry, so let's just forgo dinner, and uh, we'll meet up for the comedy show, which she was kind of put out about. She had to eat dinner all alone at the restaurant, you know. Mm-hmm. Not not a great start to the evening. Um, so she, she noticed that during the comedy show, he was a little more subdued than normal, wasn't being as fun as she remembered him. Um, and she, um, they, so they're sitting there watching the show, and suddenly, uh, partway through, he stands up, claps a hand to his face, and then just vomits <gasps> everywhere. I mean, some of it hits her shoes, a bunch of it lands on the floor, and then he just runs, runs from the room. And she's left there in this, you know, pile of vomit, just wondering what to do, um, so she said she sat still for a minute, kind of figuring things out, and then followed him outside where she found him throwing up in a trash can. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I can still see him turning to look at me with vomit still ringed around his lips. Oh, God. <laughs> the worst part is he refused to leave. He, oh, he said, that's why I didn't want to get dinner tonight. <laughs> and then he, he insisted that they go back and finish watching the show. He didn't, he didn't want to leave. Um, but he was too embarrassed to go back to his now vomit-covered seat, and so they stood in the back for 40 oh, minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, no one to quit, you know? <laughs> and why did she stand there with him? I'm sure she felt awkward, didn't know what to do, didn't want to desert this, this poor kid as he was throwing up in public. I, I don't know, but gosh, it just, she, just, she also said, needless to say, there was no good night kiss. <laughs> well, and needless to say, I would imagine she didn't go out with him again. You know, she, she didn't tell me. I, I would assume not. I assume that they would both be too embarrassed <laughs> to, to see each other again. Oh, dear. I mean, you know, if, if it was something like he was sick, although you wouldn't necessarily want to stand next to him for 40 minutes if he had the flu or something, but, um, but you just wonder, like, did he drink a lot before the date to build up his courage? Or, oh, either way, it's gross. Go on to the next one. <laughs> Um, another friend of mine said she went to a haunted house um, with um, a gay guy who was not yet out of the closet, so she didn't know he was gay. Um, she found out after the fact, but she said he unfortunately perpetuated many stereotypes. Um, he he told her that he would rather be salsa dancing than on the date with her. He um, When they were going through it with a haunted 
haunted house um, and a scary guy with a, you know, a chainsaw popped out and her date pushed her out of his escape path and toward the chainsaw guy as he made his escape. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> she said he also, on the way over there, told her um, that uh, she needed to pay for her own ticket, then, but didn't tell her that, you know, ahead of time, just on the drive over. Yeah. These were all red flags, and yes, unfortunately, <laughs> terribly stereotypical. Yeah. <laughs> did yep. not do did not do much for the reputation of gays in that date. Well, we need to take another break. This is definitely a plethora <laughs> of of bad dates. And uh, we're going to be coming up to some uh, ways to avoid things like this. My guest is Haley Miller. Her book is 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about putting bad dates out of their misery, which we just did, a lot of them. (laughs) And this is just in time for Valentine's Day, and so is the book, it just came out today of my guest, Haley Miller. The book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. And um, we're, we're going to be talking about, I'm going to ask you about, since uh, as Haley, we were talking at the beginning of the show, she did 150 dates, a date a week for three years. And now it was worth it. Both she and her date were, were working on making them unforgettable and fabulous. And it was worth it in the sense that she just got married to this date um, a couple of weeks ago. So, Haley, why don't you start off by talking about what makes a good date good versus what made, uh, makes a bad date bad, like the ones that we were just talking about. Right, yeah. Um, so I kind of I have a couple miniature theories about uh, what makes a bad date bad and what makes a good date good. Um, we had a saying growing up uh, in my, my youth group um, that a date should be planned, paid for, and paired off, the three Ps. Um, so planned means you've thought ahead of time about what you're going to do on the date. And you might even have a plan B um, so that you're not just scrambling around and, and looking for a DVD to pop in. 
paid for, um, meaning that you should pay for your date. If you're the person asking on the date, you should be paying for the person, um, unless you've arranged ahead of time that it's going to be Dutch or, or whatever. Um, but in general, you pay if you ask. And then um, paired off, meaning um, if it's a group date, each person has a date that they're assigned to. So, you know, you, you don't all show up, eight of you, and no one knows if it's a date or if it's just a hangout session. It should be clear, you are my date. And you should, when you ask someone out, you should be saying, would you like to go on a date with me? Because just mm-hmm. saying, hey, do you want to go out to a movie? Sometimes that can be um, a little iffy. It's, it's unclear whether are you asking me on a date or are you just asking if I want to go see the new Muppet movie? You know, it's... Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you can get into bad dates um, pretty quickly if you don't follow those three basic principles. So in some of the examples of bad dates that we um, listened to earlier, I mean, you've got the, the guy that... Uh, that calls up the roommate, and when she can't go out, he just just asks the other roommate. Um, so that's a good example of it not being very well planned, right? Because <laughs> right? um, obviously he, he didn't mean to ask her out. It just kind of was a, a second choice. Um, some things are unavoidable, right? I mean, the the kid vomiting all over <laughs> my friend. I mean, that that's he planned a date, but then, you know, uh, things happen. Um, well, except he should have canceled the date if he knew that he was yeah. feeling sick. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And <laughs> I was talking to to Jared, my husband, about about this on um, a couple days ago, I guess. And and I said, you know, it would be much better if he had called her and said, "Hey, I would still really like to take you out, but tonight's not going to work." Yeah. You know, pay her that courtesy instead of vomiting exactly. all over her shoes. <laughs> exactly. Be honest and say, "I have the flu," or "My stomach is upset," or whatever. I really do want to get. And even, you know, to show that he's sincere, plan a date for like the next weekend or something, you know, so she doesn't think he's just blowing her off. But let's get back to the paid for, because um, with your um, date, who became your husband, um, did he, how did you arrange, how did you um, arrange for who paid for it? So at first, when we were first going on dates, it was pretty much always that he was asking me. For the first, I don't know, probably three or four, he asked me on dates. He planned them and he paid for me. Um, after that, once we kind of, you know, were in the girlfriend, boyfriend stage, um, we would kind of just switch every other. Um, whichever, whichever dates I planned, mm. I paid for. Whichever dates he planned, he paid for. Um, I, I don't follow that, that old-fashioned notion that the man should always pay. You know, if, if the woman is the, the one planning the date, the one setting the whole thing up, um, then, yeah, she should go ahead and pay for it so that she can really own it. You know what I mean? Well, except that it's kind of unusual the way that it worked um, with the two of you. I mean, obviously it did, but but um, it has to be, like, there has to be that connection and understanding and a, and a sense that, that this is in, that you're in a relationship for the long haul, if not necessarily that you know you're going to get married, but um, some kind of commitment because... Because really, uh, I am kind of still a believer of the traditional, um, you know, if a man, I mean, you two had made that decision, you were going to make these dates, these, you know, adventurous dates and so on, um, and it was almost part of that plan, but a lot of times when a guy doesn't want to pay, first of all, if, if that happens on the first date even, um, that's a sign for the woman to run, <laughs> because obviously he it isn't really that interested in her, right. or he would be uh want to be the gentleman want to be you know wa- want her to uh like him want her to um you know want to do the real courting kind of thing again even if it's not that you know you're going to get married but just you know having 
thinking that this is something special. And then when women, you know, women are just as much at fault um, because when they go to pay or insist on paying or insist on paying half, um, it really kind of emasculates the man in most cases. I'm not saying that, you know, apparently it worked for the two of you, but there is more the danger that there's going to be this kind of message sent um, that it's not really special or that it's not really, you know, that it's just friends kind of thing. No, I agree. Um, I think it's a little different for everybody. I, In my situation, Jared asked me on our first, like I said, I don't know, four or five dates, um, and he planned all of those, and he paid for all of them. But once we were officially dating, it was kind of a matter of practicality. I mean, we're, we're college students or newly graduated, and, um, you know, we were at the time. And if he paid every week for our date, um, he would have gone broke. <laughs> you know, he's, he's paying tuition. He's... Um, he's doing all kinds of things um, and has lots of expenses. And so it was kind of like I, I wanted um, to to meet him halfway, and I wanted to plan half the dates, and I wanted to like I wanted him to have a weekend off where I took care of everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so so I think that can work. Um, I definitely I see what you're saying about it being a little bit emasculating, um, and that's why I think men like to ask definitely on the first date second, third, fourth, you know, as long as they want to keep doing it. But I think at some point it is really nice to have the woman take over and and plan and and pay for something Mm -hmm. every once in a while. Yeah. So, okay, tell us about some good dates. Now give people some ideas for (laughs) Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, So one of the things um, about the dates in my book is that I focus a lot on conversation because when you are dating someone, when you're getting to know someone, um, the most important thing that you can do is talk and really get to know one each other on a deep level. Um, and so most of the dates in my book really focus on that um, mm. aspect of dating. And, and some of them they don't focus on that as much because they're for married couples or um, not that talking isn't important for married couples. But people who already know each other pretty well. Um, so for Valentine's Day, if you're looking for something particularly romantic, if that's your style, um, I recommend... Um, I mean, it, it depends on your style, so I'll give you um, a few different options. But mm-hmm. um, one of my favorites is um, a spa day, and, and you can do that by actually going to a spa. And, you know, men might scoff, but I'd say they enjoy it more than they think they're going to. Jared and I went and got a uh, couple's massages mm-hmm. um, on our honeymoon, and it was, it was fantastic, and he liked it more than I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a day at the spa um, where you get, you know, full-body massages and um, if you're if you're up for it, manicures and pedicures and facials and and whatever, but um, doing something where you can just relax together um, is always great. You can also do that at home. You can buy a couple of fluffy robes and give each other massages and um, you know whatever. You have have fun with it. Make it make it your own. Um, let's see other Valentine's Day ones. One of my favorite dates in this book. Um, if you're someone who loves cooking. Um, who loves kind of culinary experiences, um, creating your own version of Iron Chef or Chopped at home. Um, so, what I, does I don't that know. entail? So, if you've ever seen Iron Chef or Chopped, they're like these reality cooking shows where you pick three ingredients. Um, it actually it changes. The two shows are a little different, but you essentially pick like a couple of odd ingredients to work with. Um, so, like, you pick three ingredients from the grocery store and you buy two of each of them. 
um, and you try to get kind of out of the norm things like, I don't know, pickled beets or things you wouldn't normally cook with. Um, and then you set a time limit and the two of you compete to make a dish um, out of these, uh, you know, it might be pickled beets and uh, pork shoulder and raisins. And you have, you, have those, <laughs> you have those ingredients to try to make something. Um, and so if, you're, if you and your uh, significant other are into cooking, this is a really fun thing and, and just kind of um, gives you this kind of fun competitive edge um, mm-hmm. while making dinner together. Um, the other way to do it is to buy um, six, you'd buy six servings of one really strange food. Um, and then you have to make an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert that you use. All, you know, all of them use that same weird ingredient. And then if it turns out terrible, you just order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> then we're um, back to the pizza and pajamas. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of a fun, a fun experiment. Um, one of my, if you are looking more to go out for dinner, one of my favorite ways to get creative with going out for dinner is to do what I call restaurant roulette, um, which is where you actually, you have a three-course or a five-course dinner, um, but all at different restaurants. So you have, you know, maybe a, a drink at y- your favorite bar or your favorite little place, and then um, you get an appetizer at a different restaurant, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you move to your entree at somewhere else, and then dessert somewhere else. And it, it's kind of fun because you get to, if you have, you know, a favorite pastry shop and a favorite bar and a favorite, mm. you know, whatever, you can hit all four in one night. Um, and it, it's kind of just a fun excuse to to go all around town. Um, it's a fun excuse to get dressed up because you're going to be seen a lot more than if you just go to one, <laughs> one restaurant. Yeah, that sounds cute, especially like for Valentine's Day if you um, make each place progressively more romantic, for example. Yeah, yeah. And end and with a bang, absolutely. Um, so those are some of my favorites. I also, let's see, these have all been um, centering around food um, <laughs> so far. <laughs> you can tell that I'm hungry right now. Um, so I have a section in the book also that's um, called Walking and Talking Dates because I found that um, in the course of all of my relationships, but um, especially this, this one that I'm in and will be in, I guess, for the rest of my life, I found that um, a lot of the time a date is just holding hands, walking, and talking, Um, you know, quality time between the two of you. And so um, I have a bunch of different ways that you can walk and talk and and make it into a date. Um, So you can take a tour, and that's walking and talking, you know, a tour of a museum or a monument or whatever. Um, One of my favorites is called Heads or Tails, where you just start in front of your house and you flip a coin. Um, Actually, you flip two coins. If you get two heads, you go right. If you get two tails, you take mm. a left. And if you get one of each, you go straight. Mm. And you just kind of, every intersection you come to, you flip a coin and that, you kind of just see where you end up. It's a great way to see your own city on foot, um, your own neighborhood, explore things that you've never seen before, um, little restaurants you've never seen before. You'll find all kinds of cool stuff that you didn't know was there. Sometimes stuff you didn't want to find, um, you know, back, back alleys and, and whatever. But, um, but in general, it's, it's a really fun date. Um, and that just kind of gets you out of the house, gets you moving, and yeah. you don't really know what you're going to find, which is fun. Yeah, there's the sense of adventure and, and kind of being in it together and for, yeah. for all of those things that you've been talking about. Well, we need to take another break. We will, we will be back with more Good Dates um, in time for Valentine's Day. Um, my guest is Haley Miller. Her book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. 
and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, putting bad dates out of their misery just in time for Valentine's Day with my guest, Haley Miller. Her book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage, and she has walked her talk. You know, one thing I was wondering about was, now that you've gotten married, <laughs> is it, are you still doing this date week and, and finding it, well, you just moved across country, so uh, I'm sure there are lots of new and exciting things you're going to find in your new town, but do you still, are, are you still committed to doing this? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, the last couple weeks have been hard because we've been um, essentially, essentially just on a giant road trip. Um, <laughs> so we haven't been able to, you know, get out and, and do anything. Um, but hopefully starting this weekend, now that we're settling in and unpacking and stuff, we'll get um, out and about and get up and going again because I, I really think it's been what, what carries our relationship is this quality time that we spend with each other each week. Yes, yes. So I love the dates you've talked about so far. Um, and, yes, I, I mean, I totally agree that, that those kinds of things can be great fun. Um, what, about, what about if someone is going out or wants to ask someone out for Valentine's Day who they've never gone out with before and they don't want to have a date where you do a lot of walking and talking or just talking, you know, a lot of time to talk because they're feeling a little nervous and, and they want to ease into getting to know someone. What, what's something that they could do? Right. Well, first of all, I probably don't recommend uh, a Valentine's Day date with someone that is, is brand new to you. I mean, if, you're, if you've gone on a few dates with them, great. If it's someone you've never taken out before, Valentine's Day can be a lot of pressure and awkward. <laughs> well, it is a lot of pressure, but on, this, on the other hand, sometimes that's what finally gets a guy off his butt. To, you know, he, thinking, I don't want to be alone on Valentine's Day, on yeah. Valentine's Day and that'll true. be what gets him to ask somebody out. That's true. So the, a great thing, um, if, you, if you're still kind of getting to know each other and you don't want to be stuck talking for, for hours because you're afraid you're going to run out of stuff to talk about, um, it's good to have something in front of you to do or to watch 
um, so that a lot of your attention can be focused on that, and then you can just kind of talk in between. So, um, for example, in the book, I've got um, a date where you do arts and crafts, and it sounds it sounds silly, it sounds juvenile a little bit, but for Valentine's Day, you could make um, handmade valentines um, together for friends, neighbors, family, you know, bust out the construction paper and the uh-huh. glue and tape and glitter pens or whatever um, and make valentines together. And as you do that, um, you can actually talk about the people that you're making them for. Um, uh-huh. and, and that conversation flows really naturally. Oh, I'm making this one for my Aunt Susan. Um, I love her because this and this and this. And so it's a really easy way to get to know each other because you have something to talk about the whole time, and that's who you're making the valentines for. Uh-huh. So that one would be great. Um, and, then, and then things that um, I don't want to say distract you from, <laughs> from each other, uh-huh. but um, things like, you know, um, hockey games or amusement parks or um, the driving range or anything, uh, you know, going to play bingo at the bingo hall, anything where you have something in front of you to do um, makes it really easy because you don't have to worry so much about making conversation and, and are they having a good time because you've got an activity I mean, of course, that's why movies are so popular, but people have to be very careful when they pick movies for dates because sometimes um, if they don't know what the movie is about or there could be something that really puts a damper on the date, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I remember as a, I don't know, 17, 18-year-old uh, going on a date to see a movie and it ended up having this long, awkward sex scene in the middle of it. and. Um, I mean, you just you're trying not to stare at each other. It's a first date, you know. You don't you don't, don't know what to do, so I definitely recommend going on IMDb or uh, Rotten Tomatoes and looking up what's in a movie. Um, in general, I don't recommend movies at all until you've gotten to know each other better, um, because, like you said, I mean, you don't know what's going to be in them, and also it just makes for two hours of sitting next to each other without interacting. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, comedies or you know, romantic comedy. Of course, guys don't. <laughs> like that as much as girls do, but I mean, then of course, um, watching an action movie on a date is not exactly uh, a great thing to do either, because it makes people, or especially the guy, more aggressive. And I don't know, you could find yourself getting into an argument after the movie. Right. I in in the book, I recommend. Um, I, there's nothing wrong with checking with your date ahead of time, um, and this is true if you're going out to a restaurant or or you're going to make them dinner. Do they have food allergies that you need to know about? Um, do they like action movies or should we stick with a sci-fi or, you know what I mean? Um, there's nothing wrong with when you ask the person mm-hmm. saying, hey, I'd like to take you to a movie, but what kind of movies are you most mm-hmm. interested in? And anyone, I think, would think that was very thoughtful and appreciate the gesture. Right. What are some other Valentine's Day ideas? Um, are we still looking for people who it's their first date? Or? No, no, just anybody. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of my favorites in here and um, something that, that Jared did for me when we were first dating is um, he cooked dinner for me, and it, it sounds simple, but it, it goes a long way. Um, and especially he decorated, um, he, he got like one of those, you know, those red and white checkered Italian tablecloth uh-huh. um, and, and kind of made it into this cheesy little Italian restaurant <laughs> feel. Um, you know, but he decorated. And you could do that if you have a balcony, um, you know, in your apartment complex or um, a rooftop balcony or something and make it even more romantic where you cook dinner and then, you know, by candlelight eat together. That's That one's always great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, guys, if you're listening um, to that, <laughs> sp- pay special attention to that because that is, uh, well, they say, you know, Food is a way to the man's heart, but it's also when a when a guy cooks dinner 
for a woman. That is, you you get a whole bunch of points <laughs> from that. Yeah, yeah. Even if you have to like get some of the things that are already made, you know, from the deli, and you just place it on some nice plates, <laughs> or even some fancy paper plates, anything, but just that shows that you put some thought into the whole thing. Yeah, she'll never she'll never know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of great stuff, um, and that's, that's what the book is for. Is, um, well, what, what are some of the, um, what's another date that you had um, with your now spouse on Valentine's Day? On Valentine's Day, um, we went up to a jazz concert um, up in Salt Lake City, which was the, kind of the closest big city to us there in Utah, um, and there was a Valentine's Day jazz concert um, featuring some, some fairly famous um, jazz bassists and vocalists, um, and it was it was awesome. It was beautiful. Like I said, it was it was an excuse to get dressed up and kind of hit the town a little bit. Um, and music, I mean, if if you're music lovers, especially music, really has a way of um, affecting people's emotions and getting people kind of um, in a good mood and um, in, mm-hmm. in in a good place. You know that they'll want to open up to you a little mm-hmm. bit more, get a little bit closer. So I I highly recommend. Um, music performances over movies um, if if you're into music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and actually that brings up a good point, too, to mention that um, wherever a person lives, um, if you look in, if you go online or you look in the local papers, there are always activities that are specifically planned for Valentine's Day, whether it's a Valentine's Day concert or, or a special, even a play, you know, some kind of a romantic play or um, a re- restaurants having, you know, restaurants go all out. It doesn't have to be a super expensive, it could be a quirky kind of restaurant, um, but that has, you know, it's going to have something something quirky, <laughs> something fun for the evening. It, it doesn't, ha- I mean, I think that's one of the things that kind of um, inhibits people from from planning fun dates because they think it has to be expensive when it really doesn't at all. Oh, absolutely. One of my... One of the dates that really sealed the deal for me when I was um, first dating Jared is he took me salsa dancing. And I think it cost three bucks or something to get into this club. Um, and he had taken some salsa lessons beforehand mm. um, just, you know, for fun. And he he brought me. And so he kind of knew what I was doing and I had or what he was doing. And I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but that made it fun. Um, mm-hmm. kind, kind of that just we're learning this together and, you know, there's beautiful music and lots of other couples and you don't, you don't feel too awkward or too dorky when everybody else is also there kind of learning as they go. Um, and the salsa dancing was a great date for us. We'd been on maybe two or three dates and it kind of broke the touch barrier. Mm. You know, you, you ha- we haven't kissed yet. We hadn't really held hands. And so that um, that salsa dancing date was a great opportunity for us. To, I mean, you have to hold hands, right? You're dancing, <laughs> um, and so it, it kind of it kind of it's opened. Sexy. It's sexy. Yeah, dancing, it was very so. well. I I'm sure I looked anything but sexy trying, <laughs> trying to do it. But but yes, it is a very kind of sensual dance, and it and it opened that door and kind of broke that touch barrier and yeah. allowed us you know to move from there. So I highly yeah. recommend. Um, any kind of dancing, but salsa dancing especially is, like you said, very sexy. Well, all right. Well, these are a whole bunch of great ideas. There, listen, folks, there, are, there is no excuse for you to uh, not follow. Take one of these ideas, um, buy uh, Haley's book, and there are 150 more ideas. <laughs> and let me tell you where you can get the book. Um, she's going to be having a website. It's still under construction, but for right now you can buy the book today, right this minute, when the show is over, from Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. 
So, uh, again, the book is called 150 Unforgettable Dates for Couples at Every Stage. Well, Haley, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. And um, thank you for going on all those dates <laughs> and, for, uh, and for finding out about all the bad dates as well. And, so you guys can um, have good ones, yeah. <laughs> And I, I hope we've gotten you thinking, folks, because it isn't the, the thing that you don't want to do. The worst date on Valentine's Day is to be alone by yourself. Even if you enjoy your own company, that's great. But on Valentine's Day, it sucks. So, <laughs> so start thinking about this stuff. Haley, thank you. Thank, thank you, you all. Dr. Carol. You, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. And I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.